Well, good morning. It's, uh, it's very good to be with you all, to be back here at Christ Church. Uh, we were, my wife and I were attending when our oldest child uh, was born, when Lydia was born, and so many amazing meals were brought to us by Christ Church families and people here, and so it's Honestly, it is, um, we're just so grateful to be back with you, and I mean, we haven't been far, so I, I was just at Ridley, Ridley Hall training, and it's very good to be with you this morning to uh, look at this incredibly important letter together. Just the first 14 verses of, uh, of Paul's letter here to the church uh, in Philippi, and one, one of the things that you might have noticed is, uh, as it was being read is that he was in prison when he wrote this letter. And it made me think of a friend of mine who was in prison once, and when I heard the news, when I, when I heard that he was in prison. And it's a situation that the church in Philippi is facing. They, they receive this letter, and Paul, Paul's writing to them, telling, saying that he's in chains. And you can imagine what that's like. I mean, if we received a letter from Paul saying he's in prison, we would say, Paul, what, you know, what can I send you? Are you okay? Do you have a lawyer? I, you know, I would, I'd be asking, I guess, does he have a lawyer? I'm married to a lawyer, so maybe that's why I'm asking. Do you have a lawyer? Are you okay? Are you being treated fairly? We would be concerned for Paul. And what's interesting here is that Paul, in this letter, he's filled with confidence and joy. And this is what really comes through as we go through the text. John Stott, he's uh, the very famous pastor, he points out in one of his sermons I listened to this week that he says, he says that, Paul, the prison that he's in here, he's not in a dungeon, it's more of a kind of house arrest. It's a house arrest where each of his wrists would have been chained to a Roman soldier. So how is it that Paul can look at his chains and have joy and confidence as a Christian. He's chained to, to the same kind of men who executed Christ. How can he look at his chains and have joy and confidence as a Christian? Well, we all have challenging circumstances that we're in, in in some way. What I mean is that we all have relationships. I mean, we actually were in house arrest at one, at one point in, in the recent past, but we all have relationships, maybe, maybe other students in our class or our, our, our teacher, um, or, or work colleagues, or our boss, or maybe even our neighbors. We all have relationships that we cannot escape, relationships where our faith is challenged. This is about a spiritual challenge. And I think Paul gives us some reasons in, in this letter to have joy and confidence in these situations. And that's what I'd like us to think about this morning, three reasons that Paul gives us to have joy and confidence in our faith. Three reasons, a Christian's role, a Christian's title, and a Christian's Lord. So our role, our title, and our Lord as Christians. Well, the first point that Paul makes here is that a Christian should have joy because we are servants of Christ. Look down with me at verse one. He says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 
So Paul says there in verse one that he and Timothy are servants of Christ Jesus. What I mean is that Paul's in prison with Timothy and he describes it as part of his service to Christ. Everything he does is part of his faith. And this is a faith that God directs, that he believes, that Paul believes God is in charge of. Speaking of God, Paul says in verse six that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. That's why Paul is confident in his faith. It's because God is the one who begins the great spiritual work in our hearts. God is the one who's in charge. Our role as Christians is to be a servant. It's just to serve him. An example of this is our chores. So chores that we do around the house. Chores we do, you know, we we, we, we do every week maybe or once a month or something. Maybe, maybe you should do them more often. I don't know. That's how I feel sometimes. But who here, who here, and this is, uh, this is an open participation. Anyone, mainly the kids. This is all ages. So all ages are welcome to, to, to give me some chores. So who has some chores that they do around the house? Who does chores? Ben. Ben does some chores. Ben, what chores do you do? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Can you name one in particular? Okay, clean the bathroom. That's a great chore. Okay, what, what chore do you have? The what? The bath as well. Okay. Math. Oh, math. Even better. Okay, so math chore. Actually, I was, helping, I was helping someone else with their math chores this past week. Okay. Yes, Ruby? You feed the dog. Oh, he's probably hungry. That's so good. Okay, you feed the dog. Right, well, uh, we, can tell, we can talk more about chores later, but uh, one of my chores growing up and actually still one of the same chores that I, that I had to do. Uh, it has something to do, I'll show you. It has something to do with this. I brought it in. I brought it in. So who, who knows what this is? Yeah, what, what is it? What is it? A weed cutter. Okay, good. That's one. Yeah, weed cutter, a strimmer, weed cutter. What sound does it make? Who, what sound does it make? My son loves this sound. He loves making the sound. What, what, what is it? Can I hear it? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. That's not, that's not, too, it's not too grassy there, but there, that's, a, that's, a, that's a strimmer. It's a weed cutter. Okay. So we do our chores. And uh, I, I think, yeah, that sound, it's a, such a satisfying sound. Well, so we do our chores. Often we do them for money. Maybe your parents pay you to do your chores. I, I didn't actually get paid to do my chores. I just had to do my chores. Um, but we, we also do them, we do them as a service. We do our chores as a service, as a way to show who we belong to, to show that we acknowledge our parents' authority. That's why we do chores. And I think it's similar with our faith. We're servants of Christ in all that we do. In the same way that our chores show that we respect our parents' authority, The way we live our life shows that we acknowledge God's authority. And so I think one application here is not to come up with some some new thing, some new project to to do this summer. It's to realize that the situation we're already in right now is a place that God has called us to be for his service. God doesn't say, Paul, look, you have to break free from jail, fight this soldier, no, he says, it's, you're serving me right where you are. So we have joy and confidence in our faith because in a sense, it's very easy. It's about serving Christ wherever we already are. 
Now, what's strange, I think, is, I mean, what's difficult about this is that it's often hard to see in our daily lives, to see them, you know, the, the, the chores that we do, to see them as service to Christ in our hearts. I mean, I think, uh, I, I think of my chores as something that reflects on me. I, I do it for my own sake. Uh, like when I was in school, I would try to earn high, high marks or, or to do well in my projects uh, because I wanted to show that I could do it. I wanted to be able to say that I did it. And I think that's why Paul reminds us next, he reminds us of a Christian's title, a Christian's title. So this is our second point here. What is our title as Christians? Well, Paul says in verse one, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus in Philippi. And this phrase, this phrase, God's holy people. It's actually one word in Greek, hagios. It means that we are dedicated to God. We are set apart from the world. We are dedicated to him. That's why in verse seven, he says, all of you share in God's grace with me. <laughs> we don't share in his, his anger or his uh, disapproval, we share in his grace. So our reason for joy and confidence is our title as Christians. We are God's holy people. And there's a huge reason to have joy and confidence because we belong to him. We know that we belong to him. An example of this is the everywhere bear. The everywhere bear. This is a a profound, profound theological text. I don't know if you've come across the everywhere bear. You can't escape Julia Donaldson, really. She's, She's like all over. We have so many these Julia Donaldson books in my house. And um, uh, so, so the everywhere, who, who knows the story of the everywhere bear? I can almost say it by heart. <laughs> I know my daughter knows. Rory, do you know? You know the story. So what, what, what happens in everywhere bear? No, he doesn't know. He doesn't actually know. He's agreeing. He's being, being a good, uh, I, should, I should support you for that. Um, does anyone else know the story of everywhere bear? Lydia knows. Okay. Lydia, t- what happens in everywhere bear? He goes lots of places. He goes to the sea. Yes, he does. He goes down the drain in the road. That's right. It's exactly right. He does. So he, he, uh, he's a, a bear in a class with different students, a class one. He's the bear of class one. And, and each week he goes home with a different student. Now, and, and he comes back and they have this book where they all exchange stories about the everywhere bear. But this, the week that he goes home with a new boy called Matt the new boy called Matt, he falls down a drain pipe. The bear falls down a drain pipe, he goes out to sea, and then he's on a fishing boat, and then at one point he's picked up by Solomon Shriek, the seagull, okay? Uh, I mean, we worry about this bear. I, I think this is a scary story, the everywhere bear. I was kind of terrified reading this story, but the point is that it's his t- this is his title. His title is the everywhere bear. That's, that's who he is. It's okay for him to go everywhere. His title makes a difference. And this is what's so important as Christians because our title, our title, Paul says that we are God's holy people. That's what he says we share. He says we share in God's grace with him. That is a great reason for us to have joy and confidence. It's because of who we are. We're God's people. We can have joy. We can be confident in our faith and in the things we do knowing that we belong to God. It's not something we earn. It's something we know we have. We are God's people. 
Well, there's a third and final reason that we should have joy and confidence as Christians. In fact, it's the reason that makes all of the other reasons possible, and it's because of our Lord. What I mean is expressed there in verse 13, when Paul says, I am in chains for Christ. It's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else, he says, that I am in chains for Christ. Incidentally, this is one of the reasons that scholars think Paul was in Rome, that the palace guard here is Caesar's household guard, the praetorian guard. All these men have come to know that that Paul is in chains for Christ. I mean, isn't that a strange turn of phrase? Shouldn't it be, be, uh, I'm in chains because the Romans arrested me, or, uh, you know, I'm in chains because of something I did, or uh, something, but he says, I'm in chains for Christ. And the reason he can say that is because Paul understands that Christ is Lord of all. He is Lord of Rome. In chapter 2, verse 6, later on in this same letter, Paul says that Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what we see here, we see the reason why Paul is so confident in his faith, the reason he has so much joy, even when he's in prison. It's that he knows who his Lord is. He knows that his Lord has a name above every name. His Lord is the one to whom every knee will bow. Understanding Paul's perspective, thinking of him chained to his Roman guards, I started asking myself, who is in prison with who? Is Paul in prison with the Praetorian Guard, with the most elite soldiers in Rome, the kind of men who executed Christ? Or are they in prison with Paul? I'm wondering, you know, who's actually chained to who? They're probably like, I wish we had a letter from one of these soldiers. You know, the guy will not stop talking to me. He's talking to me about the gospel. Uh, You know, it's just such an interesting idea. And it's similar for us, I think, as well. We read uh, read about how we live in a post-Christian country or post-Christian West. You know, I was reading an essay by uh, um, uh, Benedict Kelly um, this past, the the other week, and he was saying this is like, this is post-Christian England. And I'm thinking... Who is in prison with who? You know, sometimes we feel like we're in this post-Christian West, but actually the post-Christian West is here in the same place with us, with God's church. So we have confidence and joy as Christians because of our role, our title, and our Lord. We are Christ's servants. We are his holy people. And he is our fearless, exalted, and powerful Lord. Let us pray. Father, this coming summer, I pray now that in whatever 
situation we find ourselves, that we would serve you as a people dedicated to you in the example of our gracious Lord. Amen.